All right. Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today's Friday, February 28th. Where did February go? So today we're on page 93 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, second paragraph. Your prospect may belong, and we'll just be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today our readers are 12 Steps, Penny E, 12 Traditions, Anita J. The readers of the text will be Larry K and Susan H. Our newcomer greeter, Jason K, and our host, second hour host will be Deanna B. So our reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, February 27th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14185, 14185, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14187. One four one eight seven. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'll now have Penny E. read the 12 steps. Hey, Penny, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly and everybody. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Penny. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in South Jersey. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to carry these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a beautiful, God-filled day, everybody. Thank you so much, Penny E. And next, we'll have Anita J. Read our 12 traditions. Glad you made it, Anita. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. I'm grateful to have the opportunity. 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our readers are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication, or communication, of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me do service this month of February, and I pass. Well, thank you so much, Anita J. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we'll stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you'll do to share is you'll press star one to unmute your phone. Then once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're resuming our study in the big book, page 93, second paragraph. Your prospect may belong. And Larry Kay is going to get us going. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kelly. I'm going to try. All right. Here we are. Um, your, your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. In that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. 
but he well but he will be curious to learn or he will be curious to learn why his own convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well he may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient to be vital faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action let him see that you're not there to instruct him in religion admit that he probably knows more about it than you do but call his attention to the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge he could not have applied it or he would not drink perhaps your story will help him see where he has failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well we represent no particular faith or denomination we are dealing only with general principles common to most denominations okay so let's see if we can we can unpack this a little bit so i you know i've had the opportunity to um uh to you know carry the message to people of all different faiths and and different denominations and you know i i would say you know when i when i look back at you know uh, my home and, and the way i was raised I, I was certainly born into a particular denomination but it was very much agnostic i would say almost somewhere between atheist and agnostic in the sense that we really didn't talk about a relationship with god so i um i don't think my parents were particularly comfortable with it i don't think you know extended family that we were around were, were particularly com comfortable with it it just wasn't really discussed and yet we identified with a denomination now so, so i come to to overeaters anonymous i always had a curiosity about faith but i come to overeaters anonymous and i run into a lot of people that they they have many of them have very very deep convictions about a particular denomination or theology they have you know the various uh, practices that they're involved with and and so yes they they know more about religion than i ever would um and nonetheless you know they come like i do they come they can't in our case they can't stay stopped from eating so so obviously what we're reading here is is that you know whatever education and training you know that could be very you know superior to mine um you know they they have not been able to have practical application in terms of this issue this issue befuddles them they're they're restless they're irritable irritable they're discontent they can't stay stopped and i can relate to that and and so you know the main thing that i focus on is is just carrying a message that gets down to the core issues of um of understanding what this disease is and recognizing that you know somehow as the result of working this program of action putting the food down and working the program of action i choose to believe that i was brought into alignment with this power this power if this power isn't flowing through me um then then i'm under a big delusion and here's how the delusion looks the delusion looks that i have not found it necessary to compulsively overeat in many years i generally treat people a lot better than i used to i'm not as isolated you know i i can be of maximum service to god and to the people about me if that is the delusion for giving my life to this program and this connection to a daily walk with a higher power then i'll take it i'll take that delusion because it's working for me and i'm as i say i'm able to be of greater service i'm able to accept things and be compassionate in a way towards others that i had the utter inability to do so before and so yeah i think just wrapping up kelly that's i think that's the message here is is just carrying a message not to beat anyone over the uh, the head with a big book that's for sure right or any theology with that i pass thanks so much
Thank you so much, Larry. Appreciate you getting us started. Okay, so if you would like to share on the paragraph that Larry just read, uh, page 93, your prospect may belong, um, and you haven't shared in the last couple of days, give me your first name and the initial first initial of your last. Kathy G, Nessa R, Amy G, Yolanda A, Nessa, Amy, Yolanda, Kathy G, Kathy, I missed a couple, but I didn't hear you, so I got, here's who I got, Katie G, Nessa R, Amy G, Yolanda, Kathy G, Nancy R, Nancy R, Jody B, Chuck K, Chuck K, Lane okay, C. well, let's. Okay, we're going to stop there. I got you, Lane. Um, we got too many this time, but that's great. We're good. So here's who I have for this lineup <laughs> Katie G, Nessa R, Amy G, Yolanda, don't have your initial, Kathy G, Nancy R, Chuck K, and Lane. I think it's Lane C. So if you guys can make sure you're all uh, muted, star one, and we'll get started with Katie G. Hey, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. KDG Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. You know, it says the word knowledge, right, a bunch of times in this book. And um, I just think it's so interesting, you know, that I'm not here. I, I thought that um, if I knew enough about religion, right, like if you told me I needed God, well, then I'll just go study and I'll get God and I'll stop eating, right? But and then when I got this book, it was like, okay, well, I'll just study the book, I'll get knowledge, and then I won't eat. But, you know, to be vital, right, um, which means life-giving, faith, God, must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. And so what does that mean? You know, um, as I've done the steps over and over again, thank God, and, and, and gotten a deeper understanding of my, my disease and my solution, God, what I've learned is this isn't about me acquiring knowledge. In fact, it's not about me acquiring knowledge of the big book. Knowledge of the big book is just knowledge of the big book, and it doesn't keep me away from um, food, and it doesn't give me God. What it gives me is an experience. So every sentence in this book is an opportunity for me to, to turn it into um, a question for me to go deeper with God, for me to say, okay, what, is, what, is, um, what does it mean, self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action? It means to say, okay, God, I believe you, I trust you. But I can't just go and say I believe you and I trust you and then go out and hurt the world, right? Like my primary purpose, which we read, which we heard earlier, is to help others. It's to not serve Katie G from Boston, right? It's not to, to get what I want. And so therefore, if you come to me and I'm here to, to be a sponsor, thank you, God. What a privilege and honor. And if you have a fundamental um, you know, Orthodox Jewish or Christian or Buddhist or Muslim religious background, that's great. And I'm not here to interfere with that. In fact, I'm here to open that up. I, well, excuse me, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't mean that. But I'm here to help you use this book to have a new experience with the steps, to have a new experience with God. Because, again, it's not about knowledge. God, please enable me to set aside everything I think I know. And today, as a recovered woman, all I know is that the more I know, the stronger my convictions are, the, the, the more I'm cutting God off. 
So please, God, help me not look for knowledge today, but help me look to find God. Help me look to set aside all my ideas about the way I think that this world should go and surrender because my favorite promise is page 100. I'll wrap up with this. We find that the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and triumphant world no matter what your present circumstances. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up, Nessa R. followed by Amy G. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, this, this program really spoke to me because this is really my story. Um, I've always had faith in God. Um, you know, and I've met people in the rooms who come in with a conception of God that doesn't really work for them, a punishing God, a God that's out to get them, a God that doesn't work in their lives. But that was not my conception of God. Um, I had, a, I guess if you could call it this, a good conception of God, God benevolent, caring, you know, but I relied on my faith alone. You know, I would pray, you know, very sincerely with a lot of uh, concentration, with a lot of feeling, you know, God, please let me eat all the cheesecake I want and still make me thin. And of course, that didn't work. I mean, if he had, I, I wouldn't be here. And so, you know, I picked up on the phrase, you know, constructive action, because what was lacking in my faith was that constructive action. And there's constructive action, action to be taken before recovery, during recovery. Um, you know, before recovery, of course, you know, I need to identify my trigger foods, trigger ingredients, trigger behaviors, and let them go 100%, not 99%, not 99.9%, but 100%. And then I have to work these steps exactly as outlined here to the best of my ability. Um, and that's the constructive action um, before recovery. And the constructive action during recovery, I need to continue to keep my connection with God unobstructed by uh, practicing step 10, uh, to grow my connection with God by practicing steps 10, uh, 11, and 12. You know, and 12 is obviously about uh, sponsoring and and the qualification of sponsoring here is self-sacrifice, which means, you know, even when I don't want to, even when I'm afraid, even when uh, it's inconvenient, you know, I need to make a commitment, you know, not only because I'm a link in a chain, as Dr. Bob used to say, but because my very recovery depends on it. And so when I'm really self-sacrificing for others, I'm also self-sacrificing for myself and for my own recovery. And uh, that's what I have for today, and I pass. Thank you so much, Nessa R. So next up, we have Amy G., followed by Yolanda. Good morning, Amy. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thanks, everyone, for an awesome meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. So we're in the chapter working with others, and I always get a kick out of this sentence. He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient, but my sponsor always says to me, it's not my job to tell him that, him or her that. And the reality is it isn't. I am here to show them my experience, strength of hope, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. And if this person is more educated in religion, um, it may be, I mean, I guess I should say that sometimes I find that it's sometimes those who have religious education that are 
the more, I wouldn't say difficult, but the more of the type of sponsee that maybe I'm not used to. Like the sponsee is agnostic. I can relate. That was me. That was my experience. Atheist, you know, close along agnosticism, not a problem. But sometimes the ones that have a lot of religious education um, have certainly uh, more difficulty for me because that's not, it was not my experience. And yet my job is not to talk to them about their religion. You know, it's not my job to say to them, well, if your religion was really working, you'd be doing a lot of self-sacrifice, unselfish, and constructive action. No, no, no. That's not my job. You know, I went to my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting, firmly entrenched in my agnosticism, and I heard the word God, and I jumped up in the middle of the meeting and left the meeting. The wonderful person, God with skin on, who followed me out of the meeting, did not try to convince me there was a God. They handed me the pamphlet with 15 questions on it that said, are you a compulsive overeater? My job is not to convince them that their religion or how they're doing it is wrong or that this is a program of spirituality and not religion. My job is to talk to them about the disease of compulsive overeating and my powerlessness over it and my experience of what the solution is in the big book. And, and the process of going through the process of going through the 12 steps with that sponsee, I don't need to worry about faith and their religion because the 12 steps in action will show them what spirituality is. And then their religious education comes together with spirituality, no problem whatsoever. And it's a beautiful thing to watch because that education, once powerlessness is admitted and an understanding of the process of action, construction action of these 12 steps, it's a beautiful thing to watch their eyes open to what, their religious, what they were missing in their religious training. But that's not my job. My job is just to give them the instructions and do the work with them. And I just want to add here, it says we represent no particular faith or denomination. We are only dealing with general principles. I just finished reading the vicious cycle in the big book. It was in the third edition and transferred over to the third. And I owe a great debt to the person. Some of you all who are big book historians um, may know the guy's name, but he was the one called the theological rebel. And I'll just wrap up with saying he's the one that convinced Bill in writing the big book to qualify step three to say God as we understand him. And I'm so grateful because that just takes all the weight off my shoulders as a sponsor, as a newcomer, because I don't have to have any kind of religion. I don't have to have any kind of belief. I have to be willing to take action and surrender to these steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy G. Okay, so next up, we have Yolanda followed by Kathy G. And Yolanda, I forgot your initial of your last name. Thank you. It's Yolanda A. from Minnesota. Thanks. No problem. What I um, got from this paragraph, it was so interesting, the religious education and training may be far superior. It just reminds me when I was growing up in church and did vacation Bible school and it was just very, very um, um, strong in my household that you needed to go to church uh, multiple days a week, sing in the choir, do service, do what you needed to do. But one of the things that I, I felt that all of the time was that these religious educators and preachers and Sunday school teachers, they had something that I didn't have. I was there because I was supposed to be there. My dad and grandparents, it was just like, that's where you were supposed to be in church. But I was missing something. And I would see people reading the Bible and doing all of this. And it's like, it's just not clicking with me. And so what I am so grateful for is the fact that this eating disorder and not knowing how to use that religious education to help 
me figure out why I cannot stop eating. And I found that being in church is sort of kind of, for me in my experience, exacerbated my compulsive overeating because there was food everywhere. And I was just sort of kind of felt comfortable eating in church. And so it wasn't until I was broken and had no way of escape and found Overeaters Anonymous that helped me recognize that it's more than just sitting on a church pew and being preached at. The 12 steps helped me look at my part. It helped me see where I was selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, frightened, and inconsiderate, and how I was supposed to live my life as a better person. And in turn, doing that helped me figure out how to put the food down. And I had to, like it said, be willing to sacrifice and be unselfish in life to then help me figure out how to turn over the food to my higher power and have a spiritual awakening. So just wanted to say that had it not been for the religious uh, background that I had, I um, I don't think that the 12 steps would have understood how I needed to turn it over spiritually into my higher power. So I'm grateful for that education, but there is nothing like working these steps that has helped me get over my compulsive overeating as well as figure out how to live life and be a better human being on this planet and seeing my part and how I can do better and be better and contribute to humanity in general. And for that, I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, Loyanda A. Next up, Kathy G, followed by Nancy R. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. It's Kathy G, grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. I wanted to jump in this morning because this line jumped right off the page to me again, and it says uh, what we've really been talking about. And thanks, everybody, for the comments this morning. Wonderful to listen to. It says, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. So I just thought, I want to look up that word vital. It says, absolutely necessary or important, essential, full of energy and lively. And I like that. It's like, for faith to um, to be vital, faith must be alive and filled with energy. And I was one of those people that I was filled with faith. I've been filled with faith since I was a young girl. I think I've been very blessed that way. But there was something wrong, and my faith couldn't keep me, you know, stopped with certain foods. Um, It couldn't keep me out of the compulsive overeating, the bulimia. Um, I really needed something more. I needed an energy source um, that wasn't just staying with me, but was going out to help pull others into this new life that we have been given through the steps. So, you know, we can have all the faith in the world or we can have none, like people have talked about. We can be agnostic, we can be atheist, it doesn't matter. But what we really need to do to have the kind of recovery that we talk about on this line is to make sure that we keep giving out, give that energy away, and then the energy can come back into ourselves and keep moving us forward. So I I just love this whole chapter, working with others, and I love being a sponsor. Being a sponsor is, is the thing that keeps my recovery moving forward. It's just that sense of accountability and giving 
that brings so much. So, so that's all I have. Thanks so much for letting me share. I hope you all have a great day. I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy G. Next up, Nancy R., followed by Chuck K. Good morning, Nancy. Uh, good morning. <clears throat> uh, my name is Nancy R. I'm a grateful, grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you for your service, and thanks to everyone uh, who's shared so far. This uh, section has particular meaning for me. I, I was literally born in a church. My... Um, Dad was a well-respected minister, and I was raised in parsonages, and I, I enjoyed church. I really did. I became a church musician. I loved the rituals. I loved the music. I loved the music of my church. And uh, it never dawned on me. It never dawned on me. Even though I struggled with this disease as a kid, as an adult, it never dawned on me that... Um, God could be the solution. I had, God was in this uh, special place, and you only use him for important things. And losing weight was not, I, I, it had never dawned on me that God could uh, help me with my compulsive overeating. I never can remember uh, uh, being instructed I heard it, but I didn't hear it. I heard that you, that God could do anything but fail. But it never, I was never able to put the, the correlation with my compulsive overeating. One of the greatest, I, to me, the greatest gift this program has given me is a true relationship with God that I never would have had without working the 12 steps. One thing um, I like in this reading at the end of this paragraph, it talks about the um, common general principles common to most denominations. And I've heard those principles all my life. I've heard them. I, I could recite them. I knew all the rituals by heart. But this program has helped them come to life. So when I sponsor someone who has a lot of religious knowledge, and that's why they are just like me. I had all the religion in the world, but no spirituality. And I am so grateful that before I left this earth, I was able to establish a true, I was able to truly find God. I had all the principles, but I didn't have a true God in my life until I was until this disease knocked me to my knees. And even in program, even in program, it was all superficial. But when this disease really, really, really had me down and out, and there was no, a sponsor told me what I had to do. And I was willing, I became willing to do exactly as I was told. And then I discovered that I could recover, and it led me to the most magnificent relationship I could never have imagined. Uh, with Time, the high power. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy R. All right, next up, Chuck K., followed by Lane C. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. This is Chuck. I'm a compulsive overeater from Georgia, and I'm really proud to share this morning because this paragraph speaks about me. And one of the things I love about the big book is it's all-inclusive. It includes everyone if they're willing to dive into this book and learn. 
And I grew up in a religious household, and I had plenty of faith. I had what I was supposed to have, a, a close relationship with the higher power of my understanding, with no question. And when I first came into program, I had that old contempt prior to investigation that we hear about. I thought I had it figured out, and I thought there wasn't a problem there. And then my first sponsor said, well, if there's no problem, then why hasn't God been able to help you with your weight? I'm six foot four, I'm 400 and probably 10 or 20 pounds at the time, and when I looked in the mirror that night, I said, well, yeah, that's true. What's up with this? Why is that true? Why, why can't I get the help? And then I was told I had to change my conception of God, and that was scary. There was a part of my mind that said, man, you can go to hell for that. You're not supposed to do that. And then what I learned, I, I learned a beautiful lesson. And that it was, I was just like everybody else. I was no different. My ego was telling me that I was different, but I really wasn't. I was doing the same thing everybody else was doing. I was busy spending my life playing God. And all the while, I wasn't doing the jobs that I was supposed to be doing. I expected God to do what my job was to be. And I was busy living my life in a way that was telling everybody else what to do getting into everyone else's business, and just generally playing God. And if there's one thing I know, it I'm not God. I do a lousy job of being God, horrible job. Coming out of that experience, I got the answer to that question of why God didn't help me with my way. And it was that very thing. God was not going to enable me. God is not an enabler just like I don't enable my children. There are lessons they need to learn. There are lessons that I need to learn. There are things that my children don't see and know that I do. And there are things that God sees and knows about my life that I have no way to understand. So the reason God didn't help me is because God loved me. My higher power loved me enough to bring me to program at a time that I was receptive to it, at a time that I was willing to do the work that's required, so that I could have a spiritual relationship. I still have the same higher power that I've always had. Program works hand in hand with my, my religion to me. I see no difference. But uh, the one thing I wanted to end with is by doing the action, by, by trusting my sponsor, by doing the things people told me, that opened me up to have experiences that I And I think that's, that's kind of a key to it all. I'm open and I'm willing to receive what time, please. And so I'm thankful that that program and the people that wrote it were smart enough to write it in such a way that I'm included and I could follow it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chuck. Okay. So next up is Lane C, and then we'll be taking more shares. So Lane, you're up. Thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, this is Lane C, recovered compulsive overeater in Rochester, New York, um, and I just. I felt really called to share this morning um, as someone who has been a sponsee who has um, a fairly advanced religious education and someone who works in the world of religion. And I guess to me, um, the, you know, the key word in that second sentence is superior. And, and, you know, it's followed by this, by this piece about, you know, in that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything 
to what he already knows. And um, I know, you know, one of my hopes for newcomers and, and one of the hopes of this book is not to be stubborn for as long as we ourselves were. Um, and, and for me, I know in my own experience that like, I came into this program with a ton of religious knowledge. It didn't help me put down the food. Um, what did help me, you know, get to a place of recovery and being recovered was doing my fifth step with a sponsor who was a realtor uh, at the time who was able to look to me and say, you have certainly been, been selfish and self-seeking. And, um, and here's, here's some ways sometimes when you have like not been helpful to others. And she really was able to hold up the honest mirror to me in the midst of my, you know, admitting my resentments and my fears to her to, to show me ways that, you know, granted I was, I was in this leadership role, but there were still ways that I was using my faith, my knowledge to attempt to put myself in a superior place to others and to not actually be helpful. Um, you know, it, it says here that the sentence that was highlighted earlier, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. And I feel like that's what this program has given me, that no amount of religious education or knowledge uh, was ever able to give me uh, before, to be able to really focus my life and align my life with the higher power of my understanding, surrender my life to a higher power of my understanding, which doesn't, it doesn't happen in a classroom. It happens in the deep muck and difficulties of life. It happens in those moments when you are powerless and you know it um, and, 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 and you feel it, you feel the powerlessness and really, you know, embracing and accepting the hopelessness of this um, disease and the gifts that it has uh, to bring to us. I think for me, with so much focus on religious knowledge, for a time in this program, that kept me from really getting to that hopeless and that powerless place because knowledge was power to me. Um, knowledge about God was power to me. But really, when I was able to be in that hopeless and powerless place in that first step and really sit in the deep discomfort of it and really embrace it, that's when God was actually able to reach out to me and to be able to bring me through these steps and bring me through this recovery program to being recovered. So my hope for folks who are new to this program and who may have a strong religious education is that you can get to that powerless, that hopeless place and be open to the help of others in this program that will come through voices you could never expect, but through voices that are there, you know, to help you and guide you along the way to get into alignment with your higher power and with the God of your understanding. I'm so grateful for that today. Grateful for everyone who's on the line. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lane C. Okay, we are in the big book, page 93, second paragraph. Your prospect may belong. First paragraph there. If you have not shared in the last couple of days and would like to, give me your first name and the first initial of your last. Marcia Susan H. Reva P. Marcia, Susan, Chris Reva. I heard Mona somebody. Wait, slow down. Slow down. I heard... Um, Sorry, Marsha, Susan H., Reva P., Chris, somebody, and then I heard Nancy, another voice. Nancy P. It's before Nancy, Nancy Ramona I thought. A. Ramona A. Ramona. And who was that before Ramona? Maureen. Maureen, Maureen. And who's the male voice? Ned. Ned. Okay, I, uh, let's stop there. <laughs> I didn't get everybody's initials of their last name, so just give me that when you get on. So writing as fast as I can, guys. So here we go. Here's the lineup. I got Marsha, Susan H., Reva P., Chris, 
Nancy P., Ramona A., Maureen, and Ned. So everybody make sure you're uh, muted, star one. And Marsha, uh, what's the initial of your first last name, I mean? Diaz and David. Gotcha. You're up, Marsha. Thanks. Okay. Good morning, OA family, and thank you so much for your service. Um, yeah, good topic. Uh, I came to know my higher power at age eight. I was in the church crying alone. My dad was an alcoholic. I was escaping yet another fight in the home, and I felt like my God met me right there. Um, religion for me has always been a positive, but what I'm learning in program and in the doctor's opinion is that um, this is a physical problem for me, just like my father's alcoholism was a physical problem for him as well. So even though the spiritual component of my life has been rich and I've been blessed, um, physically I was dying in many ways. So I'm I'm learning as I'm coming out of relapse and working with my sponsor, who I'm so very grateful for, um, that it's the physical is really important. And it's not my fault. It's something that's run in my family for many years. I have an allergy of the body, and it triggers the obsession in my mind when I pick up my alcoholic foods. So I'm so grateful to be learning this today because it's been a long, hard lesson for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. I'm not hearing anyone. We don't hear you, Kelly. Well, that's because I was talking and no, I didn't unmute, so that always helps. So thanks, Susan. You're up. Okay, this is Susan H. in Ohio. And what really spoke to me was uh, to be vital. Faith must be accompanied by self-service and unselfish constructive action. This has definitely never been my strong suit in my life. Um, but definitely not I don't think it's for me to point out to people that 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 may be their issue but what I find as I continue to to um, hold on to abstinence and to work the steps to the best of my ability is that it happens I desire it more and I I work for it and ask for it more and the help I need is given. Um, yeah, twice yesterday it just came to me, go ahead and pray about this rather than worry and fret. And the help was there. You know, I I am just so amazed by this journey. And the best thing that I can do, the best thing that I can share with my sponsees is is what worked for me. Where I was, <laughs> what changed, and what it's like now. So, uh, yeah, I'm so grateful for this journey, and so grateful that if we we put we put the the uh, drug of choice down, which was food, and work the steps to the best of our ability that the changes come along, and it, it's an amazing thing. 
So I'm grateful and thank you for listening. Give me a chance. I pass. Thank you so much, Susan H. Next up, Reva P. followed by Chris. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, You know, this paragraph um, reminds me that for me, program and recovery is not about what I know. It's not about how much intellectual knowledge I have about religion or the program or the big book. It's about what I do. And um, I'm thinking, you know, here it talks about people who have more religious knowledge and education, but I think it could also refer to people who know more about program and more about the details um, and have maybe been in program longer than me. And why does that not matter? It doesn't matter how much I know because my problem is the physical allergy and mental twist and I need to address those because they block me. The whole purpose is to have this relationship. So spiritual knowledge doesn't do me any good because I'm blocked. And the first thing I need to do is put down my alcoholic foods, ingredients, behaviors, so I remove that block. But the next thing I have to do for the rest of my life is get rid of and maintain, grow um, all that selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, fear, inconsideration, every day. That's why 10, 11, 12 are so important. Every day I can get blocked again. So doing the work keeps me unblocked so I can develop and maintain and grow this relationship. Um, That's why I need the action constantly. Every 24 hours I wake up, my battery is needing to get recharged all over again. I got to do all this stuff again to stay unblocked. And over time, yes, it grows. But knowledge in my head, I was so, and I can still tend to be so dissociated, my head from my heart. And the only way to get down to the heart and really know God through experience is to work, to keep myself unblocked. I have to work so hard to un get rid of stuff and then God can just come in. So, um, yeah, I really relate to needing to work and action because like they say, um, what's the saying? You know, faith without action is just fantasy. And boy, did I live in fantasy before this program, you know, wishing and wanting and um, lots of stuff in my head. But to actually do it, um, didn't really do, I didn't do anything. I just was waiting. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Next up, I have Chris. I didn't get the initial of your last name, and then Nancy P. Hey, Chris, are you there? Thank you. It's Chris S., and I'll keep it short because I'm on the train. Um, so I am a compulsive eater and with a, a big twist of anorexia. So um, this has been really helpful today, and I've been switching. I text my food, and I've been making little changes and not uh, telling the person, and I need to do that, and I'm just realizing that as I listen here, and why why the changes, I think. Uh, I think I need more help with how I carry the message and actually carrying the message and doing the work that we're talking about here in working with others. 
So I have a lot of people who can help me with that, and uh, I commit to doing that because I want that that freedom that I certainly experience very often. And thanks for letting me share. I'll mute. Thank you, Chris S. Next up, Nancy P., followed by Ramona A. Hey, Nance. Hey, Kelly S. Um, this is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. So, yeah, I had moderate religious training in a pretty moderate family, you know, pretty pretty moderate up here in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I had zero interest, zero. And, you know... <clears throat> <clears throat> my my years in program, my decades in program, I had ample opportunity to absorb it all and to be living in the sunlight of the spirit decades before I became, got there. Um, but I had zero interest and I was angry and and jealous of everybody else. And I think, you know, my problem, my biggest problem is that I wanted to start at the end. I didn't want to start at the beginning. I didn't want to do it step by step, and um, no pun intended. I didn't want to do it in increments. I wanted to be, you know, sort of like I, w- I was at an appointment, a doctor's appointment yesterday, and they took my credit card, and it was sort of, you know, took a little time. And I said, "Don't worry." I said, "Sooner or later, I'm just going to have to hold it up, hold my phone up to my forehead, and think, you know, yes, and I'll be able to pay the, the bill that way." And that's kind of how I wanted it to be with the big book. I wanted to hold it onto my forehead and just instantly be in the know. But I had to um, I had to go start from the beginning, and that's what took me so long. Um, so the twelfth step allows me to work the previous eleven steps, and those eleven steps prepare me to work step twelve. So it's for me, it's a consistent, constant cycle. And and in order to be um, um, to work with others, you know, um, to have self-sacrifice and be able to act with self-sacrifice and unselfish action and be constructive, I have to consistently be working the steps. I can't be arrived at step 12. I have to be working all of the other steps all of the time. And, um, um, you know, and before, before I could do that, you know, again, when, before I recovered, I just wanted to be at the end. I wanted everybody to come close to me and to just listen to everything that I said. And I wanted to be like, everybody would just be, just love me. And, um, that was not the case. Let me assure you. Um, but when I did, you know, surrender, as usual, it's me, the one-trick pony, surrender, surrender, surrender. Um, as soon as I did that, I thought, okay, you know, I felt great. And I thought, okay, I'm ready to go to the end now. But I still, I had to be held back and I had to work the steps with my sponsor, who, by the way, was not exactly dragging her feet. She was, she was you know, pushing me along pretty quickly. And, um, and so today when I talk to people, that I don't care, I don't really base my conversations with people on faith, and I'm so agnostic that I don't really, I don't really talk about my faith, I talk about my actions. And, um, and I say at the end, I say, and all of that proves to me, um, Time, that's data please. to me, thank you, I'll wrap up, that's data, and that proves to me that I have a relationship with a higher power, and you can too, and with that I'll pass. All right, next up, Ramona A., and followed by Maureen. Hey, Ramona. Hi. Hi, this is Ramona A., recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. And um, I've heard so much 
that I, you know, that I relate to on the line this morning. And thank you, everyone, for your honest shares and just saying so, so many things that uh, go with this paragraph. So I grew up with a faith, a, a strong faith, and I never related that faith to compulsive eating, though I never thought about it. I did programs to deepen the faith, and I thought I was doing a lot of service, so I think I did a lot of service without liking to do the service. In other words, I thought I was supposed to do it, you know, and then I would resent the fact that I was doing so much. So not really the kind of service that Bill's talking about in this paragraph. And there was um, a time I I came many years ago to know that sugar was really the one the substance that was bothering me the most. And by the grace of God, you know, in 2008, that was lifted. However, there was still a lot I didn't know. And until I came to a vision for you, until I started working with the big book and understood that idea of the allergy and the obsession, even though it had been, you know, in my consciousness that, yes, I always think of food. Yes, I always, you know, want to eat. And if I eat sugar, then I always want to go back to it, you know. Um, I still didn't understand. So there were things I had to learn, too. Uh, So (laughs) knowledge, I guess, knowledge has its place. And once I learned that and said, ah, you know, and then went on to step two, and I had to let God give me a different conception of himself in that to understand, slowly, slowly understand that this is a loving God, that he really can care about my food and about my life, and then the idea of turning my will and my life over to begin to trust. So doing all of that, the steps became the way to make a faith concrete for me, the way to work through all the issues that were there, because when I was in the food, I couldn't think about you know, what was going on and what my life looked like. And seeing that has been, you know, just that's been the big changing thing. So all I can say is to keep coming back and keep working the steps because in that, then the experience will Time, please. So thank you. All right, Ned, I hope you can stay on. We don't have time for you. And Maureen, we only have one minute if you'd like it. Maureen, are you there? Yes, yes. Maureen H., uh, Recover Compulsive Eater in South Florida. Thank you. Um, I was unmuting. Oh, I love this paragraph. I love this chapter. Um, the the things that jumped out at me today is, um, you know, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. And that constructive action and the lack of selfishness um, from that action you know, being without motive, being without intent, and really just working those principles, um, you know, because the principles behind the steps, the honesty, faith, courage, integrity, humility, that's all unselfish uh, principles. 
but um, I need them as the foundation for the constructive action I'm going to take in walking through the steps. And constructive, it's like, what am I constructing? Well, I'm building something. And for me, I'm building a new way to deal with life and life's problems. And so, you know, that... Time, please. Really? We only had a minute. Sorry, I guess maybe you didn't hear me say that when you were unmuting. Sorry. Probably. All right. Well, Uh, thank you, and I hope everyone has a great day. Sorry, Maureen. Um, Okay, so with that, we're going to be wrapping up. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared today, and thank you, Team Friday. This is the end of February. So grateful and blessed to be a part of this team and all you guys. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, February 28th, 14189. 14189. So we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And now Susan H. will read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. I love reading this. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep 